It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. 143 days until week one kicks off. It's official now. The Minnesota Vikings have their 16-game slate in place. Sage Rosenfels joins us here on Friday. When you were a player, did you look forward to this day? Did you check out the schedule and kind of circle those fun road trips you were going on? I think the most important thing about the schedule for me as a quarterback was figuring out what games in November and December were going to be played outdoors uh, and on the road. I think that was what I looked at more than anything else. So, you know, as a Viking, are we playing Green Bay or Chicago uh, at the end of the year or the beginning of the year? When I was with the Dolphins, are we playing in New England or Buffalo you know, in December, or do we luckily get to go to Buffalo in September? So that's what I looked at for the most part. I mean, every year you're going to have good teams. You're going to have teams that, that aren't very good. Uh, they're all going to be, you know, majority of every tough games either way. Uh, you never know what's going to happen the second half of the year with injuries and all those types of things. I mean, all these teams that look really good now, you don't know how they're going to be, you know, later on. Uh, so most importantly for me is I looked at the, the weather, possible weather conditions at the end of the season. The Vikings have, you could say, one cold weather game this year, December 23rd, but let's not get too far ahead. Let's break this thing down in quarters. I think that's probably the easiest way to do it is kind of four clear segments of the season beginning on September 11th, a Monday night game as they host the New Orleans Saints, just their second time starting at home in the past 10 years. And if Adrian Peterson were to maybe go sign with New Orleans here after the draft, uh, I know he visited them last week, that would add a whole lot of intrigue to this game. New Orleans Saints for the season opener, Sage, uh, your thoughts? Well, a couple of things. Uh, one, I always look at that first game and, and you know, anymore, at least in my mind, you know, this one's on September 11th, and that always seems to play a part in the first game of the year, and sometimes it seems like it lands in the 9th or 10th or and this year it is the 11th. So that'll be an aspect of the game, uh, I'm sure, during pregame and during the game. People will talk about that. Uh, obviously, the Saints uh, and the, the history and the bounty gate uh, back to 2009, uh, 2010, that'll be talked about as well. And at the end of the day, it's going to be uh, an offense, a really good offense versus a really good defensive matchup. Uh, obviously, the the Saints always have a great offense with Drew Brees, and the Vikings have had a very good defense since Mike Zimmer's been in town. So it should be a very good game. Uh, if it's uh, you know it's a high-scoring game, uh, you look like the Saints will probably pull that one out. If it's a low-scoring game, I really like the Vikings' chances, and, and especially at home. Uh, I like the Vikings winning this game at home. They, they played so well early in the, the, the year last year 
uh, I see him getting off to a good start again this year. Let's finish that first quarter of the season at Pittsburgh versus Tampa Bay and versus Detroit. So you've got three out of your first four at home. Now, I think you can win all three of those home games easily. The game at Pittsburgh That is a a tough place to play. That's a place that you played when you were with the Vikings eight years ago. Steelers are still legit. And beating Big Ben on his turf is, that might be one of the Vikings' toughest games of the season. That might, yeah, anyone that goes to Pittsburgh this year, that is one of the tougher games of the season. That was one of those places that you you never really checked off as a, yeah, we're going to win that game. I mean, to Pittsburgh is a very tough one, uh, but you'd rather have it earlier in the year than later in the year. That field really gets beat up. Uh, up there uh, in Pittsburgh at at Heinz Field. So that'll be a very, very tough one. Um, The next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, they are a much improved football team. uh, And they, you know, they were uh, close to, I think, winning that uh, AFC, I'm sorry, NFC South uh, crown last year. They're a very good football team. I really do like Jameis Winston. I did not like him before the draft because of his off the field stuff, but he has kept his nose clean uh, and his on the field ability uh, has really shown in his first couple of seasons. So uh, that's going to be a tough game. Anytime we go against another really good quarterback, it, you never know what's going to happen. And obviously the Lions, uh, we, we play them at home, but uh, I think the Lions are going to be good again this year. And I think you know, Matthew Stafford is, is uh, I think, one of the you know top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, this, with the Saints, the Bucks, and the Lions, I think they are all teams that could win any game that they play. Now, they're not world beaters, but they're, they're tough competition. They're probably profiling around that kind of 9-7 and seven mark, I think, best-case scenario. So all tough games, but at home, that definitely helps the Vikings. That Lions game starts out a stretch of three consecutive divisional games. It goes into Chicago on Monday Night Football at Soldier Field, where the Vikings got shellacked last year come back home play the Packers for the first time at U.S. Bank Stadium that goes into Baltimore and then to London Cleveland Browns at London in the morning crumpets and football that second quarter Bears Packers Ravens Browns Sage well just to finish up the first quarter by the way Mm -hmm. let's look at the quarterbacks uh um, yeah Drew Brees Roethlisberger Winston Matt Stafford pretty dang good Let's go into that second quarter. Obviously, the Bears are going to have Mike Glennon this year. We'll see how that goes. Uh, again, you'd rather play in Chicago earlier in the year than later in the year. That will be a fun game. It's a, the national televised game. Green Bay at home. Uh, that should be a, a, another really, really tough football game. And, and the Ravens are so-so. Uh, who knows how they're going to be this year. That's one of those teams that could be good or they, they could be crappy. And obviously, the, the Browns um, um, in uh, in London. So, uh, interesting stretch in that second uh, second quarter. I, I got you. Got to think the Vikings are going to win at least three out of four of those football games. The interesting thing about Cleveland is is that it sort of neutralizes a road game. You know, it, it takes away a true road game. And even though it's a daunting road trip, the, the actual atmosphere in the stadium is probably going to be fairly neutral. So you almost have eight and a half home games and seven and a half road games on your schedule because you're playing kind of a, a bad team in a neutral site that probably is advantage Vikings. And then they get the bye week after London to get those biorhythms squared away. So the tail of the tape on the first half of the year, five of the eight are at home. That's huge. You have to take advantage of that because obviously it switches in the second half of the season. So if this team struggles at home in the first half, maybe they go into the bye four and four that's not going to cut it. They need to be above 500 at the bye, don't you think? 
Absolutely. The, the first half of the season is where they need to get some wins. And as you said, you know, five of the eight games at home. And, and really, you can't say they have three away games, though, because that one is in Cleveland or I'm sorry, that one is in London versus the Browns. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a fairly good contingent of Vikings fans at that game, uh, being that they've played there recently. Uh, so, yeah, the Vikings need to probably win five, six games in the first half because their second half is definitely going to be more challenging. Yes, it is. We'll get into that third quarter here. November 12th, they begin the second half of the season at Washington, a place where they lost last year, then back home to take on the Los Angeles Rams. And who is their new coach, by the way? Sean McVay. That's right. McVay, and then a short week at Detroit on Thanksgiving. Another similarity to last year's schedule. There's actually a lot of these similarities. At Detroit, another morning start. Hopefully Aretha Franklin is there. Another huge Thanksgiving game, and then sort of a a partial bye week. You get 10 days off, and then at Atlanta. So to summarize, at Washington, home against the Rams, at the Lions, at the Falcons. That might be uh, one of the toughest quarters of the year. Well, and, and we go into the fifth game, and then sort of the, being the fourth quarter mm-hmm. at Carolina, yeah. uh, which is not going to be an easy game, too. So that's this four or five game stretch here will probably uh, sort of set the you know tone. And I can't say set the tone, will probably give us great insight of what's going to happen, uh, how the Vikings are going to finish this year, whether they're going to be in the playoffs or out of the playoffs, or whether they're going to be, you know, in you know, shooting for home field advantage or whatever it might be. You know, that, that Cleveland game with the London and then the bye and then this stretch right here uh, after the bye is going to be crucial to whatever the Vikings accomplished this year. Uh, they might come out of the gates last year, you know, six and two in the first half of the season, seven and one, and everyone's talking about them. Uh, but then this is a very, very crucial stretch, you know, at Atlanta, that is going to be a very, very tough uh, place to play at Detroit uh, is, is never easy. Obviously, the Los Angeles Rams at home, they should win that football game, I believe. And, and you never know with Washington. Uh, Washington might be one of those teams that could win 11 games this year, or they might win four games this year. I just It's one of those franchises you just don't know. Uh, they're a good team right now, uh, but we'll see what happens when, we, when they come around November 12th. It'll be interesting to see how Mike Zimmer navigates the bye, because I know last year he gave the team some time off, I mean, they went to the Bible. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.com org slash catalyst playing so well that he almost was obligated to to give him a little break now after the fact he said well i wish i would have worked them harder fascinating to see number one how they go into the buy and how he treats it because i gotta think he'll probably do the opposite this year of whatever he did last year and that might mean you know keeping his thumb on them a little more during the buy because something happened last year during the buy mentally psychologically i don't know if it was a, a relaxation or a pressure they felt internally but there was a significant drop off after that bye week yeah it's uh sometimes success uh reveals character a little bit and, and the vikings did not uh deal with their early season success last year and obviously had that drop off and and came back to reality very very quickly with uh with their second half of the season so uh, we will see this this third quarter here. Uh, that at Atlanta game 
Um, mm-hmm. that, that's going to be probably one. That and probably Pittsburgh are, the, I think, the two toughest uh, games of the year. To close the season, at Carolina, home against the Bengals, Mike Zimmer finally will face his former team in the regular season. He's faced them a couple times in the preseason, then at Green Bay, and ending the year against Chicago at home. So the identical end to the season. You play Green Bay on the road, Chicago at home, just like last year, at Green Bay, December 23rd, primetime on NBC. That's probably the one cold-weather game that you would identify. You know, who knows about Washington on November 12th? Probably not too cold there. At Atlanta in a dome, at Carolina, probably going to be pretty warm. So that at Green Bay game, that'll test everybody's mettle. That'll get them a little uncomfortable and the division title could be on the line. Back-to-back divisional games to end the year. The NFL does it right because they always load up the back end with division games, and there's always so much at stake. Well, I think that became a sort of almost a rule a few years ago. They decided to make those Week 17 games you know, more important. And, you know, for, you know, shoot, two-thirds of the league or at least half the league, they're pretty much out of the playoffs. And it's sort of like, well, what are we playing for? What are fans showing up for? Uh, so they started making these week 17 games or rivalry games and, and, uh, or at least at the very worst, a division, uh, rivalry game. And, uh, so it, even if say the Vikings or the bears are out of the playoffs, people will still show up to that game just because it's, it's that rivalry. So I think it's smart on the NFL's part to get more people still interested in that week 17 game, even if your team's out of it. Um, again, this fourth quarter schedule is not easy. We will see how Carolina is this year. Uh, that they obviously had a major down year last year after going to the Super Bowl two years ago. The Bengals are one of those teams that no one's talking about, but they've been pretty consistent for the most part uh, since uh, since Andy Dalton's been there. And, and obviously, the, at the Packers is going to be very very tough. And finish up with the Bears at home, the Vikings should win that football game. So hopefully, it's a game they don't have to win uh, to get to the playoffs that they're already in, and then they they can go into that Bears game, you know, trying to get better seating in the playoffs rather than just sneaking in. I like that the Vikings start the season at home, very winnable game, and they end the season at home with a very winnable game. Definitely a positive way to bookend the season if they can take advantage of those matchups. I always get a kick out of people who kind of go through the schedule and project uh, the the win-loss record because usually nobody is bold enough to predict anything more than 10 and 6, and nobody wants to be as negative as to go, well, 6 and 10. It's always between 7 and 9, and 10 and 6 usually is the, the maximum. I won't even make you take a gander at the Vikings' win-loss record because there's just so much unpredictability. Like right now, we look at a three-game road swing, week 12 through week 14, at Detroit, at Atlanta, at Carolina. Seems daunting, but who knows, Sage? We could get to that point, and maybe the Lions are on a three-game losing streak. Maybe the Falcons have had a Super Bowl hangover year. Maybe Cam Newton gets hurt for the Panthers. It's not who you play, it's when you play them. That's right. You know, life is about timing. The NFL season is about timing. I think it's fairly absurd. I actually just saw something on Twitter this morning. Somebody saying, I think it's fairly absurd uh, that they go through everyone's schedule and really try to estimate uh, and predict what's going to happen. You have no idea, in particular, the second half of the season. We haven't even had a draft yet. Uh, you know, some of these teams haven't even drafted a quarterback. Uh, we haven't seen training camp yet. We haven't seen injuries yet. Uh, we haven't seen the way teams start. You know, teams start really hot, and they weren't supposed to be very good, and they just they have the confidence and the momentum, and, and uh, you don't expect them to be, to be really good. I mean, maybe the Los Angeles Rams are 7-1 are and one, uh, or 8-2 or, or something when 
<clears throat> when the Vikings play them. Maybe Washington, who they play on in November, maybe Kirk Cousins gets hurt. Uh, and that completely changed that football team. Uh, you know, anytime a quarterback uh, gets hurt, that significantly uh, reduces a team's chance of winning football games. And so you just don't know. I don't like going through the season and saying, well, I, I see is a 12-4 and four here or, or it's 11-5 or 10-6 or whatever it is. Uh, it's a tough schedule. Everyone has a tough mm-hmm. schedule. Uh, the better you do it in division the previous year, the tougher your schedule is going to be uh, the following season. And so uh, the Vikings have a tough schedule. They're a good football team. Uh, they ended up – uh, not playing great football uh, the second half of the year last year, and they have to change that. So it uh, should be fun to watch. I'm I'm really happy they play the Saints and, and, and Pittsburgh early, two really good teams with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and that will be fun to watch. Just as an exercise to, to prove how difficult, I think, handicapping a schedule on, on April 21st is, I welcome anyone who listens to the show, and, and I mean this seriously, Email LockedOnVikings at gmail.com. Go down the board, label win-loss, win-loss next to each game, and we'll check as the season goes on to see how people do. We'll even post the rankings somewhere. I don't know where, but we'll find a place, maybe zonecoverage.com where I write. Maybe if somebody runs the table on it, Sage, we'll give them something nice. Maybe a a Sage Rosenfeld signed jersey for anybody who runs the table on the schedule. That sounds good. The chance are about one in 10,000 that somebody gets it all right. But yeah. I, I, that sounds good to me. We'll promote this. We'll actually make it a thing. That's the schedule breakdown. Can't find that first loss. Where is it, Sage? It's not on there. <laughs> it's uh, going to be earlier than PA thinks it is. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, PA still is looking for it. Hasn't found it yet. He's Sage. I'm Sam. At Sage Rosenfels 18 at Sam Ekstrom. That's the Vikings schedule. And we'll talk to you next week, Sage. Sounds good. Talk to you next week. It'll be draft week. This is Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Why join the U.S. Army Reserve? Sure, you'll be eligible for medical and educational benefits, but the Army Reserve offers much more. What most people don't realize is that the Army Reserve plays a vital role in the success of the U.S. Army by bringing new skills and perspectives to our nation's defense. Army Reserve soldiers help lead efforts in over 100 occupational specialties drawn from real-world experience, like law enforcement, medicine, and engineering. They learn skills and gain leadership training that gives them an edge in the nation's defense and in the civilian job market. When you join the Army Reserve, you're contributing to the safety of your community and country. Continue toward your personal goals while making a difference. Become part of the team, part-time, all-soldier. Learn how at GoArmyReserve.com. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. 
From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked on Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked on Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.